no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. What's up, everyone? You know the drill by now. It's First and Pod. I'm Danny Parkins. He is Andrew Filipponi. If you are listening to this on a radio station, we appreciate you. I host Afternoons on the Score in Chicago. He does Afternoons on the Fan in Pittsburgh. But we are a podcast. Subscribe, rate, review every team, every game, every week, which is not much of an accomplishment once we're down to the divisional round of the postseason because it is just eight teams and four games. We are hoping for closer games than wildcard weekend, though the storylines, frankly, uh, allowed for those blowouts to still be pretty damn entertaining, Pony. Uh, We will start Texans and Ravens. Baltimore finds itself in the exact same spot four years ago and it didn't go so well for them back then with all of the rust and the time off will lightning strike twice yeah so it's number one seed at home with the presumed mvp so it really has a lot of similarities to the last time here it's an afc south opponent it was tennessee that went in there and won now it's houston Resting in in the last week of the season before a bye also. Yep, there you go. So there are some things. Now, the difference here for me is when Tennessee won this game and upset uh, Baltimore four years ago, Derrick Henry carried the Titans. He had 195 rushing yards in that game. He also threw a touchdown pass to Corey Davis. Uh, I don't think Montgomery, the Texans running back, is going to be the guy who steals the show. So lightning won't strike twice in that regard. The other thing that happened in that game that is uh, noteworthy, if you think about it, there were really five turnovers by Baltimore because they had two Jackson interceptions, one Jackson fumble Danny, and they turned it over on downs twice. They went for it on fourth down like they always did that season, and they got stopped twice. So that's what it took. So I'm just giving you all of the ingredients that went into that Tennessee upset. Huge run game and tons of turnovers. And that's how Tennessee went in there and did it. And I just don't see, I don't see a recipe like that for Houston winning this game. There's also concerns that it's going to be super windy there Saturday afternoon. And if that's the case and it and it really affects the passing game, that turns into a massive advantage for Baltimore because their quarterback thrives in those situations. And Stroud is more of a pocket guy. I know what he did against Georgia in the college football playoff, but if they're going to win this game, he's got to be the best player on the field, in my opinion. So there are a lot of eerie similarities, but Danny, I think Baltimore is going to win the game by double digits. That's my prediction. I think they're going to beat him pretty good. So I actually think, that part of why 2019 is relevant is not because of any similarity between the Texans and the 2019 Titans, but because it's become like the one B story of the game. There's just, there's no way that Baltimore will come out flat. will overlook Houston everything that they've heard and presumably been coached to and referenced by a guy that we consider a top 10, maybe top five coach in the NFL has been 
We cannot let history repeat itself. We have learned from the lessons that I know most of the guys on this team were not on that team, but Harbaugh was and Lamar was. So they can stand up in front of that team and say, we cannot allow for rust or rest or any of those excuses to be a factor. So I expect Baltimore to be sharp, prepared, all of that stuff. And Lamar is a much more uh, controlled passer than he was then. And I understand that that was the MVP season and he had 36 touchdowns against six picks. But this is the system allows him to have some open and easy throws. Whereas back then he was playing Superman and the league hadn't fully understood what he was. Now, I do think that C.J. Stroud could play the role of Derrick Henry. I do think it's possible that C.J. Stroud could be the best player on the field. And then the other component of it where where I think Houston is live, all it takes, Stroud drives down the field, touchdown, Lamar turnover, Houston ball, and all of a sudden, that's a very tight stadium. Like, that's a very tense atmosphere. That's a tense Ravens sideline. Lamar has not had success in the postseason. He loses this game. He falls to one in four lifetime in the playoffs. This would be a younger, obviously other AFC opponent, surpassing him and beating him in the postseason. If they fall behind early, I could see a lemon booty tightening of sphincter situation for this Baltimore Ravens. See, that's interesting because the one playoff win he has, he fell behind big and it was to Tennessee and it was the year they went to Nashville and that was in 2020 and they got down double digits and they actually stormed back and he had that huge like 70 yard touchdown run Yep, and it woke them up and they went on to win the game. So the first part of that I get, like you're saying Houston, they, they give their, their 15 plays. Slowick's a really smart guy. They work on it all week. They come out even against a great defense. Bing, bang, boom. They go down and score. The Jackson, like. I just uh, think, I think, I think being at home, the playoff well, losses. Well, since, right. the so, pr- but the pressure that's on them. I, I hear you, but you said all it's going to take. The first part of that, I think I can, I can, I can conceive. And I can see it where Houston scores a touchdown on their right. first drive. The Jackson first possession turnover, for as much as I've ripped the guy, I think that's the much harder leg of your parlay to hit here. So that's the thing. Yeah, like it would cause like a, an immense amount of pressure to befall Baltimore in, the, in that game early on if those if that sequence of events happened. I wouldn't bet a lot of money on Jackson just barfing on himself early in causing this, uh, you know, domino effect to take place in the game. I Listen, I, I there's a reason why they're a big favorite. They deserve to be. And this is not terribly unusual for a divisional round uh, matchup for a one seed coming off a bye. And we're going to get more big numbers like this going forward now that the postseason's expanded to seven teams. And so it's a weaker playoff field. So it just takes one upset to, you know, get long odds matchups here. But – a big storyline that we should we should be talking about is like which of the you know nearly t- touchdown plus favors right Detroit six and a half and Baltimore and um, and San Francisco are both nine and a half point favorites. Who's the most vulnerable to the upset? Uh, I would say 
that the Ravens of those three are the second most vulnerable. I'd rank it Detroit one, Baltimore two, San Francisco three. Well, I don't even put Detroit in there because six and a half and nine and a half, there's a field goal difference there. Yep. Among the two one seeds, I think that it 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 still is Baltimore. I yeah. would pick them to lose before I picked San Francisco to lose, even though Baltimore's played better down the stretch here. Spencer can double check this for me, but I think that Harbaugh, since they won the Super Bowl in 2012, I think he only has two playoff wins. They won in Pittsburgh in 2014 and then lost to New England the next week in the division round. That's when Belichick did all the wacky formation stuff. Oh, yeah. And you know, drove Harbaugh crazy with that. And then the game that we already referenced here against the Titans on the road, I think that's it. I think it's two playoff wins since that game. That's not good. So, you know, he's got some pressure. Both the quarterback and the coach here have had immense regular season success since this partnership was formed. It has not translated this time of year. And I do think they're going to live with that. That's going to that's going to hover over this game the longer it stays close. I do not expect it to look at all like the first game was 25 to 9 back in week 1 and uh I think Lamar was sacked four times and Stroud was sacked five. It's interesting. I remember do you you made the questions after week 1. Do you remember what your what your question was for this game? No. I do. What was it? It was the Ravens lost J um Dobbins, JK Dobbins. Should they trade for Jonathan Taylor? Oh, wow. Under the auspices of like, yeah. hey, they got to do something to give Lamar Jackson more weapons and give him the best. But it's yeah, but just... It, it. They have exceeded expectations for the first year of the system change. And Mark Andrews is going to play, it looks like. And That's Dalvin Cook. Yeah. So th- this is a... There, there's a delta here where Baltimore's offense looks like it takes goes to an even higher level, and they look like a juggernaut. Like this, this, it, this could be a we, we could be talking about this game Sunday night when we do the podcast and say, oh my god, Baltimore deserves to be the favorite. I want to just, I want to, uh, yeah, to that point, I want to say to to make a st- even stronger case for Baltimore, the Texans go from playing the worst road defense in the NFL to the best home defense in the NFL. So they go literally from Cleveland, who had this Jekyll and Hyde defense that sucked away from home, to now Baltimore, which has just been a juggernaut when teams have come in there. They've only lost uh, to Indianapolis very early in the year. And then uh, the Cleveland game, where they were leading the entire way and give it, gave it away in the last... Remember that's that that stat about them is still true. I think they've led at the two minute warning in every game this season. All three of their losses came basically at the very end of the game to Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, and Cleveland. They've been they've been a dominant team from pillar to post here this year, man. Yes, they. It's have. crazy. Yes, they have. I mean, they could easily be seventeen and zero right now. Yep. Yep, and we'd be talking about them in a very different way. Although, in some ways, there'd be even more pressure on them to actually get it done in the postseason. Do you know the last time the Ravens hosted the AFC Championship game? 
Your brain is much better than mine. It's a trick question. Never. Mm. All the success they've had as a team. Think about that. They've always yeah, been like crazy. road warriors with Flacco. I, yeah, I think Flacco's maybe got the most road playoff wins. And has Houston ever made it to an AFC championship game? I don't think they no. have. No. Yeah, so. I mean. Uh, and so you've got them by double digits. I think the Ravens win a close one. Chiefs and Bills. And, but one more quick one. And by the way, my Stroud take, if they win this game and Kansas City loses, then I want Nick to go on his TV show first things first and say, Pony was right about this. I'm switching it. In a draft of every player, it's Stroud 1 and Mahomes 2. Because he talked about this on his show. He brought this up like we did. And he said, he he did not because he said Mahomes would absolutely go one, but then he made a compelling argument for Stroud too. So he's getting closer to where I've been for the last month. Okay. Chiefs and Bills. Will playoff Patrick Mahomes travel? Does his playoff brilliance extend to the road? I want you to answer that first because I want to draft off of you here. I want you to be the lead car on this. I know you asked the question, but I want to hear you. Because this is a um, tough one for you because you've been so pro-Bills. But at the same time, you strike me as a guy that is going to give the classic Danny Parkins. I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. I need to see him lose a game like this before I do it. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're <laughs> drafting off of me as me while saying what I was going to say largely. I mean, he's – I'm a rule of gambling. I'm not the greatest gambler in the world, but I love it so much. The guy is 9-2-1 and one against the spread as a dog, man. You – you hang a number where Pat Mahomes is an underdog, and I'm interested. Now, it's an interesting spot because the Bills, you were talking about last week how it's like a coin flip game. There is more pressure on Buffalo than Kansas City in this spot. They're at home. They're favored. This Chiefs team is clearly deficient compared to how they've been in the past when they have beaten up on Buffalo. If Buffalo loses this game and they lost the game where they drove down the field in 13 seconds, and then they come into Buffalo and lose to this version of Travis Kelsey and Isaiah Pacheco and Rice and Watson and a non-explosive Chiefs offense – there will start to be a feeling in Buffalo of like, we'll never get over the hump again. I think that feeling team. already exists. I mean, outside of Buffalo, I think they've bought it back It definitely in. does outside of Buffalo. Yeah, I think they've bought back in because of how many games they've won here from, from when they beat Kansas City on the offside play. They haven't lost. Um, I think you're mostly right about the pressure thing. I'm just going to throw in this as a possible rebuttal to what you said. Two people. Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. If there's a belief in that locker room that this is Kelsey's last game, or if there's a feeling within the organization that it's Reid's last go-round, doesn't that change things a little bit for you? And I think I think at least one of those things is true. I don't think both of those guys are back next year. So Reid is 66. It's going to hang over him for forever. Kelsey is clearly slowing down. His brother is like soft retired. Feels like they want to announce a retirement together. And go into the Hall of Fame together, which you said before anybody else, which was a brilliant thing. And I'm happy that Spencer made a promo about it because sometimes when I hear that, 
get played during breaks of shows. I'm like, oh, good. They put something out there that makes Danny look smart that'll get people to listen to our podcast. And not the time I said I would not find David Tepper at all for throwing a drink at somebody. So I'm happy that the we The only promo that plays on my station is when you say that we don't kiss each other's fannies on this show and <laughs> my guys just make fun of me relentlessly for it. So I wish there were takes out there on my uh, sh- uh, station of me sounding smart. But yeah, I listen, I think that Andy Reid, I'll have to see it to believe it because this is a guy who experienced immense personal tragedy in his personal life with the death of a child, left Philly the organization that he was synonymous with and did not take a year off. And then he goes to Kansas city and he's the winningest coach in chiefs history. And he's the winningest coach in Eagles history. And he's got a shot to finish top five all time in career wins. And he's going into the hall of fame and he's got the best quarterback in the world there as an offensive guy. And he's got a GM that he likes. I just, yeah, he, he strikes me as a guy that is going to rack up, 50 more regular season wins easily, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and just coach until his seventies and say, I, why, why would I not want to coach Pat Mahomes his entire career? And Mahomes signed the 13 year contract. Was it 12 or 13 years? Whatever it was. Uh, I think the one of, if not the only real reason that he does that is because Andy Reid's like, I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'll coach until I'm Joe Paterno's age. If they'll let me. So I, <laughs> I, I, I don't think Andy Reid is retiring. I think it's more likely that Travis Kelsey goes into the SNL, Avengers, Taylor Swift, 5 million-plus Instagram followers stage of his life than it is that Andy Reid retires to do State Farm commercials on the NFL Network. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's I, – I, 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 I have the Chiefs winning also, okay. by the way. Well, I don't – and here's another reason why – they still, and they had that great first drive yeah. off a of bye. In my opinion, they still have not fixed their red, they still have not fixed their offensive problems. They were two of six in the red zone. Butker kicked four field goals. That's going to get you beaten, Buffalo, hundred percent. If yep. it's this and they did that against Cincinnati, whose defense sucked. Um, so to me, their offense, it's not as anemic as it was when they lost to the Raiders. Uh, on Christmas, it's recovered, but not fully recovered. The Josh Allen that played against the Steelers, and I know that defense didn't have Watt, so you have to uh, put some small asterisk on it, at least. That dude shows up in this game. The Bills are going to win, in my opinion. I mean, and they've got defensive injuries. I get it. But right now, how they're playing, I feel better about Josh Allen than I do about Mahomes. I mean, you also felt better about Stafford than Mahomes. I don't. I don't think Stafford played worse than Mahomes. Well, Stafford. I mean, I I understand. I'm saying Mahomes is Mahomes is still standing, and the conditions of those two teams are very very different. The the conditions that they played in. Mahomes went in there and got a blowout in subarctic temperatures. Yeah, I I, I said that on, but I said that on last on the last podcast, and I know it makes me sound like a hater. I think that game had way more to do with Miami just walking in there and saying, get us the hell out of here. When is this game over that it did what Kansas City was able to do? And they they can turn it, on, turn it on to be the Chiefs, or the Bills' defense can, without corners and everything else, can lay an egg, and Allen can turn the ball over a couple of times. I mean, all of the McDermott can choke. 
All these things are on the table. But as far as like fitness for this, how have these two teams looked going into this game? The Danny Parkins eye test. The Bills look like the better team to me right they now. Did, than they, Kansas they, City. They, they absolutely do. I think that the idea of Mahomes and the like, you know, we haven't just like the question, how you phrased it is insulting. Like as if the only reason for his success in the postseason is that he gets to play at Arrowhead and have home cooking and have a short commute. To well, the it, there's just, a, there's just an unknown. There's just an unknown part of this. Cause we've never seen it before. You can assume that he's going to play great. On the road, like he well, I haven't seen Buffalo game. beat Kansas City like with that in the in the postseason, you know. Like, there's also that component to it too. We also see these two teams play straight up quite a bit, and the Bills regularly beat the Chiefs. That's true. That's true. Like this it was, year, it's a, it at Arrowhead. A, yeah, with the, with the offsides, with, with which Tony. was offsides. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but it did it did not it did not assist him in making that play. It was completely bonehead. Uh, all right, so we are. I mean, in terms of point spread, we're opposite on both games. Uh, you have Ravens big, I have Ravens small, I have Chiefs winning, you have Bills winning. More first and pot after this. Packers and Niners. Is this going to be they're too dumb to know how big it is? Too young and dumb. The Green Bay Packers. Can they pull off a playoff shocker? You know, there are. I think there are actually some signs that point to Green Bay in this game. But I can't, there's a lot of times when you gamble on stuff where there's like recent C bias and there's evidence that exists like in the here and now that makes you feel like if there's an obvious, the line's nine and a half in this game, that there's an obvious pick. But there's, I've got a very strong feeling that the 49ers have just been resting, lying in wait here and are just ready to win this game by like 30 points. You know, like there's been this glorification of what Green Bay has done here and how good love has looked. But I can't shake the fact that they, two weeks ago, or not two weeks ago, three weeks ago, only beat Carolina by a field goal on the road. And five weeks ago, went to New Jersey and lost to Tommy DeVito. And we had to watch that friggin' agent the entire night do that thing in the crowd and get kissed by Tommy's dad. Do you know what I mean? Like, even during the second half uh, run by love, those two things happened recently. So, I, I, I like, yeah, they beat Dallas. They came out, they creamed them. The Cowboys looked stiff like they often do in the playoffs. They looked like the moment was too big for them, but we know that that's not the 49ers. We know that that's not like, they're not going to lay down here in this game. So I know you want to hear this because you, as a Bears fan, I mean, listen, it would I, find, I, it, you would, you would get shed and for like, you'd get shed and Freud from watching them lose a game 38 to 10. You absolutely would. That's what you're rooting for. I, but is that I, what you expect to happen? Um, it, it is what I'm rooting for, but honestly, my rooting interest, it's all over because love is good. And the Packers have won a postseason game. So I don't like they lose this game as the seventh seed where they're nearly a double digit underdog. It's not like I can be like, see, I told you Jordan love was bad. Like they're, they're not supposed to win this game. So the worst case scenario is obviously he plays well, acquits himself well, uh, win or lose. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for 38 to 10. I'm not really expecting it to be that lopsided. I do think that Aaron Jones can have some success uh, against the Niners, 
But overall, we're aligned here. This feels like too much too soon for the Packers. Like, they're so ahead of schedule. This was supposed to be a rebuilding year. They made the playoffs in a rebuilding year, and then they won a playoff game in a rebuilding year where they scored 48 points. I, 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 you say that, that actually, I got, I didn't, I wasn't offended by it, but like the way that Burkhart set up the Packers in, in that game against Dallas irritated me. He said, not a soul expected the Packers to be here before the season started. That's not even remotely close to true. They that, were, yeah. by betting experts, by odds makers, by the most objective community on this stuff, they were looked at as like the sixth or seventh or eighth team in the NFC. Right. They, they were finished. not they were not they were not favored to win the North. Detroit was minus money before the season. But. I think their win total was either was was either seven and a half or eight and a half. Maybe it was right. eight. I think it was eight and a half. Okay, so they went a half game over. What do you I mean? Yeah. Like they weren't expected to beat Dallas. They definitely were not expected to blow them out, but like on the, you always say on the, like the Delta here, we're like looking at projected outcomes and scenarios, like them getting to the div- divisional round was probably like, I don't know, 15% before the season started. Yeah, I mean, it, that's right. I, it's, listen, win- I, it, it's winning this game. That would be going through Dallas and San Francisco on the road would be a like tremendous. It would be for me, like, could you think of, for them, I know they've gone to NFC championships, lost to Seattle, lost to San Francisco. It'd be their best playoff run since Super Bowl 45 if they win this game. Yeah, I mean, listen, it would be disgusting um, to to watch it happen. I don't expect it to. It would be iconic for love. Part of it, it's not just that they're here. It's how they're here. I know I've said it a couple of times on the podcast. Jordan Love statistically is the best quarterback in the NFL since week 11. Total touchdowns, touchdown to interception ratio. What is it, 21 to 1 or something like that? Yeah, EPA, like the expected points added, like the advanced metric for it. He's number one. I think he's still number one in QBR. He might have dropped to two. But like he is statistically the – that is – what does that pro football was, focus say? Does JJ Watt have an opinion on that? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he does. Uh, but like that is a so yeah, maybe they should have been an eight or a nine win team, but he wasn't supposed to be this, especially not this soon. And so there is a little bit of the CJ Stroud thing. Like I do think that some of the analysis of Texans and Ravens applies here, where. Jordan Love might, I mean, he's, I, I think he is better than Brock Purdy, but he's got an opportunity to be the best player on the field. Like, like Stroud has an opportunity to be the best player on the field. And obviously Purdy's no Lamar, but the totality of what the Niners have home field advantage, the rest and all of those things. I think that this is too much too soon and that the Niners are going to win the game by double digits. But I do think it is at least within the realm of possibility that this game is a shootout. Uh, that it's a high-scoring game. I don't I mean, think... It, it, Danny, I said at the beginning, it does not take much for me to see the Green Bay argument here. You just... Love is better 
than Purdy. Yes. Okay, so it starts with them having the better quarterback. Purdy in the playoffs last year, before he got injured against Philly, his numbers were good against Seattle, but he made some errant throws early in that game that could have easily been interceptions that he got away with. And then the Dallas game, frankly, I was not impressed by him. I thought he more or less got kind of carried to that win and was along for the ride as opposed to being the catalyst for them. So it's not like we've seen him, at least for me, I don't care what the Seattle numbers were. I watched the game. It's He does not have a game in the playoffs yet that, that for me, I find a, I, it doesn't measure up to what uh, Love did on the road last week. And the other thing is, just look at San Francisco's offense. The first five games of the year, they scored thir- at least 30 points in every game. Look at their last five. They've scored 30 points only one time. It was against Arizona. One game you throw out because the starters didn't play. Okay. But even in week 17, right? So 16, they lose. Or wait, yeah, right? Week 16, they lost to Baltimore. 16's when they get blown out to Baltimore. Week 17, they went and played the worst defense in the NFL. How many points did they score in that game? Uh, 27 against Washington. 27. So, I, I mean, I'm just saying that I... I don't think San Francisco is at its best right now, but with the time off, that's what I, I think. I, that's do what think I do think there's a chance you are playing a fresh 49ers team. And when they've come out of buys or at the start of the season, they've looked like a renewed juggernaut type team. And I, I that's what I think is going to happen in this game. I think they're going to win big. I do too. I, I think at least offensively, I think there's a, I think there's a scenario that green Bay can hang with them uh, when they're on offense. I don't think there's much of a scenario where green Bay slows them down on defense more first and pod after this. All right. Back in on first and pod subscribe rate review, all of the things he's Andrew Filipponi. I'm Danny Parkins bucks lions. Would this be a heartbreaking loss for the lions? Yes. I agree. I think I it's think- a, I think they're in a situation now because of what happened and the way the matchups went with Dallas losing that for right now, the way it's set up, the way that things went against LA, that's a game. That's a, where were you game? It's a, where were you in life moment? You know, right now, Detroit fans are going to be telling their, their kid, their grandkids, 40 years from now, where they were and what they were doing when that game happened, when that game happened and they ended this playoff drought. But to me, it's only like a happy ending if they beat Tampa Bay on Sunday. If they don't, then you've got this. It's I know it's not a, a total apples to apples comparison because that this team who I'm about to bring up, their circumstances were different. But if they lose this game, like it's to me, like when Minnesota lost to Atlanta in the in the NFC Championship game in '98, like it would be the type of loss that undoes a lot of good. Because Tampa's nine and eight, they were four and seven. The Lions went on the road and crushed this team in the middle of the season. the The ticket prices are skyrocketing there again. It's going to be super loud again. Like there's no last game the Rams. You could say even game. There's Super Bowl pedigree on that team. There's a little bit with Tampa Bay, but it's Todd Bowles coaching them and Baker Mayfield. Like, if you lose this game, to me, it's like 
they're going to be thinking about like what ifs until they actually get over the hump there in Detroit. So, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Um, couple things. I don't think that the the week six game is terribly relevant. That was 20 to six. I think this is a different Tampa team. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Than then. I do expect this game to be high scoring. I do think the Lions are a little vulnerable because it is the exact type of game atmosphere scenario where this swaggy Baker Mayfield, the guy who plants his team's college flag at midfield, who would do a throat slash gesture, who would say, I can't hear you. He would love nothing more than to shut this crowd up. And he's not going to be intimidated by the atmosphere. So I do think that Tampa's a very live dog in this spot. And the Lions defense in particular is so vulnerable that this game, it, this game could easily be 35-31. Like, I, I think that this has massive shootout potential. And then when you get a game like that, obviously anybody can win. Detroit's season has been a success. They won the division. They won double-digit games. They beat Stafford. They hosted a playoff game, and they won it. But if you lose as a touchdown favorite at home in the postseason, it always erases a lot of goodwill. It's the uh, if they if they were going back to Dallas right now, even though they feel like they got robbed there. It's a totally different situation. Totally different situation. But I do. I also will say this. I don't think that I'm not worried about the Lions laying an egg. I'm not really like worried about them feeling a bunch of pressure. Campbell is clearly great at that part of coaching. And I don't think there's going to be any like mission accomplished. We won a playoff game. Everybody's so happy. I mean, Jared Goff's been in a Super Bowl before. Dan Campbell didn't get into this to just win a wild card game. And I can't imagine walking into that stadium with a trip to the NFC Championship game on the line, which, oh, by the way, could be back in your building, depending on what happens with San Francisco and Green Bay, and then coming out flat. Like, I don't, I don't think the Lions are going to lay an egg here. I, th- I could see them losing a shootout, but I, I do not think there's a world in which Tampa wins the game like 28 to 13. Like I, just, I, I don't think that's in play. I, th- I think the Lions will play a good game on Sunday. Or Saturday, Sunday, yeah. Yeah. You know, the whole thing last year I'm thinking back on, and and I don't think that the Chiefs and the Bucks last year's Super Bowl champions and this year's 9-8 and eight Bucks have, have really much of anything in common. But I'm, I'm, I'm referencing back to Kansas City because, you know, it, it probably, it, it definitely was not the reason why the Chiefs beat the Bengals. But when you're, when you're Cincinnati, why are you doing the Burrowhead stuff before that game? You know, that was unnecessary. That was stupid. You, you gave in, in a, in sports where there are razor thin margins and everybody technically wants to win. You gave a team a rally cry. Like, can you believe these a-holes? think that they they're they're so arrogant they're gonna swagger their way in here and think that like their guy is better than our Super Bowl champion F them and then Cincinnati lost and it got thrown right back in their face. What CJ Gardner Johnson did this week was so dumb. <laughs> I would have like if I'm Campbell for everything he says about how you know there's this there's this mantra we want to have we're not the we're not your Big Brothers, Lions, we expect to win, all those things. 
you also don't just be straight up, flat out disrespectful about the other team's quarterback, who, by the way, just threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns in their last game. Like, that was stupid. And he's not even the type of player right now because he's missed most of the year where he can even, like, technically back that up in a way. He's not Ed Reed making those comments. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. It's just, the, it's, it's, it's just to me, why even give – you said that Mayfield's the type of guy who, like, looks for for – I almost cursed – who looks for stuff like this. You know, he definitely keeps receipts on what, you know, Colin Cowherd or somebody on, on First Things First says about him. He's that type of dude. I just, yeah. I, and that, I would be too. I am that type of that, dude. That yeah. that's that to me, especially when your defense is 23rd in the league, just shut the hell up, man. He could easily walk in there and light your ass up with the receivers he has and the way he's played the last month. Oh yeah, man. I mean, don't, don't you agree? Like Tampa's a live dog. Oh, I think Tampa's going to win the game outright. I like the Bucks to win straight up. Why do you think the line is so big? Is it just because of regular season accomplishments on, on the whole and they're, and they're at home? Well, I, I mean, I do think I'm that surprised, there's... I'm surprised the number's as big as it is. No, I know, but I do think there's some, and justifiably so, the Buccaneers have have won three in a row and are, excuse me, they've won two in a, two in a row because they lost to New Orleans. They beat Carolina by scoring nine points. And the Eagles team was played dead in a Western. I mean, they showed up and they didn't want to be there. I, but they, but, but, but that is that you're doing selective endpoints there, man. They, they also have won six of seven. Oh, I know. They went to green Bay and Mayfield out shined love and had a perfect they put, they put passer rating. In the 30 on Jacksonville oh, in week 16, 34 in green Bay in week 15, 29 in Atlanta in week 14. Like this is not like, they just beat Philly, who was mailing it in, and the last game they scored nine. You know what I mean? Like six of their last seven games are wins with what? With five, with with four of those six scoring twenty nine or more. So their offense has been humming for the better part of seven weeks now. It's not only that. I mean, you're, you're right. It is. And, and you definitely, when the Buccaneers offense is out there against the Lions defense, it's advantage Tampa Bay. Uh, and I would say it's advantage Lions offense against the Tampa Bay defense. However, the Bucks defense is pretty damn good. And they've gotten better as the year has gone on. There are still guys like Winfield, who was a part of a Super Bowl champion, who was like one of their anchors in the middle of their defense on the back end. That They've got young guys, uh, Diaby, uh, Cansey up front, rookies that have gotten better as the season has gone on, who can, who can heat up a quarterback. Bowles is not a, a high-energy guy. He's the antithesis of Campbell in terms of the way he projects himself and the way he relates to players in the media, but... No one questions that he's a really good defensive mind. And the quarterback's playing well enough. Their offensive coordinator's done a good job. I think Tampa's very, very dangerous. Of all the road teams this week, I give them the best chance to win. I know you like Kansas City, so you disagree with me on that. Yeah. But I I, I really like them in this spot. Well, also one more X's and O's thing. All of last year, Tampa was the worst running team in the NFL. And for the first half, maybe a little bit more of this year, they were the worst running team. Rashad White's not great, 
but he's there's a little bit of juice there and he's a volume guy like he had 18 carries last week and if you looked at like some of the numbers in terms of like prop bets and what he was supposed to do in week 18 of the regular season like they're giving him the ball like it, it's they are a they are a balanced team now not that he not that they're a, a great running team they're not but baker off of play action with a legitimate running threat it does make them a little bit less predictable offensively which is what i think has been a huge key to them unlocking it for a while now. So I I, I think that they're going to score a ton of points in that game. Uh, they are a very, yes, I agree with you on that. I was trying to look this up while you were making that last point, and I can't find it. If you had to guess right now, who do you think is the favorite to be the Super Bowl MVP? Because you have to project these things out. Yeah, I understand. Uh Lamar? Lamar? I would guess Lamar. Is it up? No, I don't see it up here. Because, like, because I I would think that Purdy, like, the Niners have a cleaner path to the Super Bowl than Baltimore, but Purdy's less likely to win it on his team than Lamar is on his. So, I guess I, I think I would say Lamar, then maybe McCaffrey. I still think they put Purdy ahead of McCaffrey. It'd be close. But then how far until you get to Mahomes? Well, I mean, he's a dog in this game and he'd be a dog next week. Yeah. And if they play the Niners, they'd be a dog in the Super Bowl. So, you know, I think you could probably, if anyone's hanging those numbers right now, you could probably get Mahomes at like 10 to 1 or something. Which is crazy. Yeah. But... Yeah, I think it's the type of bet you'd want to make right now. It is the type of bet I'd love to make. That is the type of bet I'd love to make. You know what? I heard one more thing here, and uh, just to close up, I heard this from another one of my friends in the ticket community. I was under the impression, and tell me if you agree with this. By the way, Spencer did find it. Lamar favorite, Brock two, Allen three, uh, McCaffrey four, then Mahomes five. That's the list. Um, Okay. So, yeah, we're close enough. Man, if you do it that way, I, I would be very tempted to, to bet McCaffrey to win it. When was the last time a running back won the MVP of a Super Bowl, though? Terrell Davis jumps into my head immediately, but there's got to be some. got to be someone more recent than that. I'll pull it up. Make your point. Um, I thought for the ticket people who are trying to sell tickets for these things. Detroit and Buffalo would be the best matchup because you'd have Detroit fans who have never seen their team play in the Super Bowl who are like, I don't care how much money I have to pay. I'm going to Vegas to watch my team play. Bills fans saying, yeah, I've seen. I was right. It was Davis. Um, That is ridiculous. I know. Bills fans saying, yeah, I've seen my team lose four Super Bowls, but I want to be in Vegas when they win it. So Detroit-Buffalo would cause the ticket prices to go up the highest. But apparently when the 49ers played at Allegiant Stadium the last time, the get-in price was over $1,000. Not only do you have 49ers fans around the world because of all the winning they did in the 80s and 90s. All the money. That's the That, that was the next point I was going to make. Yeah, all the money. Silicon, that's why Warriors tickets are so expensive. 
So the demand, it's actually the Niners. Like the ni- Niners bills would be the most expensive ticket. Would be, the, would be the yes, would be the biggest Super Bowl matchup for people. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you to Spencer Ray, our producer. He's Andrew Filipponi. I'm Danny Parkins. We will be back after uh, the divisional round of the playoffs. First and pot. Peace.